Okay, so uh, Rosh Hashanah is is uh, is around the corner, especially from the from the perspective of Wednesday night. Uh, Rosh Hashanah is around the corner because next week we have something else going on Wednesday night. It's Hashem. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what is what is in store for us on Rosh Hashanah. So. Very, very. It's it is it is one of the more fascinating things in our lives is that we are super focused on Rosh Hashanah, the Yom Hadin, etc. The Torah, nothing, tells us that there's a Yom Tov. It tells us that that is a Yom Teruah, that it's a day of Teruah. That's it. Nothing else. We, we know uh, different halachas of Tekiah Shofar really from learning from other places in the Torah, having to do with Yovel and the end of the 50-year cycle after Shemitahs. That's, that's really where the main body of, of any real information about Tekiah Shofar, that's where that comes from. But as far as the true significant, what we consider like what's so significant about the day is... The Yom Hadin part of things, the judgment part of things, that's not there. That is not written anywhere in the Torah. That's number one. Number two, even when you get to the Torah She Baal Peh, when you get to the oral part of the Torah, so you get to the Mishnah. So the Mishnah does not really even call Rosh Hashanah a Yom Hadin. It actually describes different days of judgment having to do with Pesach being a judgment on certain types of uh, certain fruits and uh, and and sukkahs is a judgment for water and different actually describes uses the words judge when it comes to other Yemen Tovim. When it comes to Rosh Hashanah, this is what it says. It says Rosh Hashanah and Rosh Hashanah Kol Ba'i Olam, all of those. And ba'e olam is like a funny word. Ba'e would literally mean like comers, those who come, olam, in the world. Over in the fun of, they pass before him kivnei maron, like b'nei maron. We'll try to, and, and that is what happens. And Hashem looks at them, b'skira achas, in, in one like uh, gazing uh, look. And that is the description of Rosh Hashanah. So, we have a description of everyone in the world passing before him, and the description is kivnei maron, like, like, bnei maron. So the Gemara says, "What does that mean? What's that word?" So one explanation is, it's like sheep, uh, counting sheep, not falling asleep, but counting sheep in. The way that they used, and it's a description of when they used to have to take Meiser Behema, they used to have to take one out of every ten of their kosher animals that, that, that were born in a year. So they would line them up and pass them one by one through, like, you know, they, they'd have their corral and then they'd have like some little area that the sheep would pass through one by one. And then they would count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then on number ten, 
they would, you know, mark it that this one is Meiser. They pull it aside or, and that's how, so it's a description of counting the sheep as they run through this little chute one by one. That's number one. The second opinion is that it is like, um, uh, it's a description of like a mountain pass. So there's a very, very narrow pass passageway like up in, in a mountainous area where people can walk single file. And finally, the last opinion is that it is like the, um, the, the army or the soldiers of David HaMelech. And they would, and it's a description of how this, this troop would walk single file as soldiers apparently did when they were on their way out to war. So there's one common thread that goes through this, the, the three explanations over here. And that is that in each of these explanations, it is a description of a person standing or passing through by themselves. That it's, that it's not like a whole group of people together. It's not a whole group of things together. It's a description of a one-by-one type of thing. Everybody is standing alone as an individual. So what Chazal seemed to be describing for us is that there is something extremely unique about the din, about what happens on Rosh Hashanah, that is a reference or that, that is telling us that what we are going to be doing is we're going to be, we may be in shul, we may be surrounded by tens or hundreds or thousands of people, depending on where you are, but you're really standing alone, standing by yourself in front of Hashem. And that is a description of the din. That's a description of, of the judgment that's taking place. So what, what does that mean? How, how what is trying, what, what, what are Chazal trying to convey to us when they tell us that. Because what it's essentially telling us is there's a reason that we're supposed to look at ourselves this way. There's a reason that we are not supposed to think of ourselves as being in the context of others, which is very significant because it's also very clear that as human beings, the expectation is that we are among others. That's, that's how Hashem, Hashem put us together in a fascinating way. We, have, we, de- we definitely have a very strong sense of independence and self. We also have a tremendous need for human interaction. Human beings, we, we are social beings. That's, that is what we are. And that we are part of a society. We know the, the importance Anytime there's a description of how do things work in Shemayim, well, there are different things. If you're an individual, it's a little bit harder to get things done. If you're part of a tzibur, so then tefillah goes better, tshuva goes, different things work more easily, work more smoothly, 
Because essentially a person is supposed to be part of something else, part of something bigger than themselves. We're not supposed to be super selfish egomaniacs that are just trying to make themselves good and ignore the rest of the world. Chas v'shalom. That's not, that's not what it's all about. And yet over here, we have a description of, an, of, a, of a human being being alone, being by themselves. And what this description is trying to um, show us is really all about, um, it kind of makes us take a step back and think about how we live our lives. Because imagine somebody comes before a judge and you're by yourself. You're by yourself. So you're asked the question, why did you do this? So you can't blame anyone else because there is no one else. You can't say, well, because everybody was doing it. There is no everybody. It's you and, and the judge. That's it. There, there's no one else to talk to. There's no one else to like say, well, we were doing it together. Or I got talked into it. Because, and it's also not a good, a, a good reason. Imagine, you know, somebody comes to court and the judge says like, I don't understand, like, why did you... You know, let's say, okay, let's say you get stopped by a cop. Why were you going 95 miles an hour? I don't know. I just, I just was. Like, no, well, like, why were you doing it? Are you trying to go someplace? No, I'm just, I, 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 I don't know. I was just doing that. I didn't, I didn't think about it. The, the sense of, I guess, responsibility that we each have to take over ourselves and the things that we do becomes super heightened when there is no one else. If everyone's doing something, so the way we function, much like kids in a school, right, is why were you jumping up and down on your desk? Well, that's what everybody was doing. And that's like an excuse, supposedly, or, you know, does it work, does it not work, whatever. But like, it is, we'll look at it and say, okay, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, go after this kid because it's true. Everybody else was doing it. So as we become adults, why is it that we do X, Y, or Z? And a lot of times the answer is, well, honestly, I never gave it a lot of thought, but it's what everybody does. So I just kept doing, I, I don't know, I was just doing what everybody does. Well, if you are isolated, if you're by yourself, that doesn't work. And there's an expectation that you're going to have an answer for why you did what you did. Now, let's, let's shift the, the picture a little bit. So someone is asked, why did you, um, why did, why did you say Moda'ani this morning? Why, I mean, why did I say it? Because I don't know. Because I always say it. Like, that's, that's the way I was trained to say it, or that's the way I've trained myself to say it over the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Is that a valuable act? Is that something that we could say is a person standing up themselves and saying, look at who I am? 
Or is it just something that once upon a time was programmed into a person and now it's just kind of happening? If a person robotically does a mitzvah, or if a person does a mitzvah because everyone else is doing the mitzvah. So if everybody else is lining up to do this mitzvah, why do I go to shul on Rosh Hashanah to hear Tekir Shofar? So, and this is, so a man maybe could say, I'm just going to try to shift gears over here. A man would say like, well, I have to. And if I don't do it, you know, I don't want to get the, you know, the lightning bolt. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I don't want to get punished. Why does a woman go to shul to hear Tekir Shofar? They don't have to. So why do they do it? Are they doing it because that's what we do? That's what's done? That's what everyone else is doing? So I can't be the one who doesn't show up. So I got to be there. I mean, everybody's going to wonder where I am. Or do we actually have like a purposeful reason that we do the things that we do? The question, the, the, the picture of a human being standing alone in front of Hashem with, there's no societal norms that they can look back on. There's no peer pressure, overt, latent. There's no pre-programming that somebody done that you can just like point to and say, well, that's why. It's just you. Why do you do what you do? When a person is isolated, when a person is standing by themselves, it's, it's just, it's a whole different look. On the one hand, when a person is able to say, I say moda'ani because I wake up and I'm thankful that I'm alive and I count my blessings and I say moda'ani. If that's what a person says, that's super significant. When a person says, you know, why didn't I do this... Uh, it's because I thought about it and I thought, no, this is not what Hashem wants me to do. And that's why I refrain from doing, you know, action X. That's, that is a meaningful act that's yours. So this judgment is all about, in a sense, who you are. Who are you? Because the, the things that we do don't necessarily define us if the reason we're doing them is because it's what everyone else is doing. It's what society, you know, society does. So therefore, we, we, we just roll with everybody else. Then you're just like, you know, you're just a lemming going along with the crowd. It's good if you're doing nice things. But as far as like who you are, yeah. What if you're doing something amidst the first, I don't know, whatever it is, and it's very difficult for you. But over time, it becomes much easier. So are you doing less of a, of a job then? You don't... It doesn't have to be a challenge in that sense that it, it won't count as much if you're not challenged by it. But if a person is doing it... And let me just say one more thing. If you're doing a mitzvah as opposed to not doing a mitzvah, there is definitely... Credit, I don't know how to, you know, we, we're not Hashem, we don't know how these things get credited, but doing a mitzvah is doing a mitzvah, and there's no one that can take that away. But when we think about the, the quality of the mitzvah, like the echos, the, the quality of, of how rich is this mitzvah, it would depend on 
did you think about it before you did it? Did you think about it when you did it? Was it something that you really made a conscious decision, not because you were struggling with it, but because I, I thought about this, I thought about the fact that uh, I'm, I have the opportunity to do something for Hashem, and I'm going to do that right now. Sometimes it's a challenge, and sometimes it's not. And sometimes something was a challenge that now is no longer a challenge. Yeah. Doesn't Rabbi Desmond talk about them when he says that superhero switches? Like, so for somebody who's involved you but not going into McDonald's is a big deal, and then once... Then their Bechira switches, it goes... Yeah, it shifts. Up. So it's, it shifts. it's up and up and up and up until... So, but is it... Like I'm thinking with um, Elaine's question, it's like your level of spirituality or your level of whatever has gone up as well because you, your bechira is 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 somewhere else, right? So, so so there will be other places. Everyone's always going to have some kind of challenge somewhere. There's always something that's going to challenge a person. Just because you're no longer feeling the challenge, it doesn't take away from the mitzvah if a person is doing the mitzvah appropriately. Uh, and correctly, and with kavana, etc., and with joy, and all those things put together. There's, there's always so much that we can peck into a mitzvah. The, the challenge point is, is often like, you know, where there's friction, there's heat, there's energy. So wherever a person has a challenge, that is going to be a place of, of uh, growth. That's going to be where, where a person's growth is going to come from. But as far as Am I a person who is robotically going through my life, in a posi- even with lots of positive decisions being made? But if it's happening robotically because I trained myself or because I was trained to do things that way, so then that is something that is, it counts. But as far as if you're standing in front of Hashem and He's kind of like, He's looking at you and He's saying, who are you as a person? Is this defining you as a person? Is this, uh, are, are you presenting yourself as a person who makes positive choices mindfully, intentionally? That is something that is of super significance. And that's this idea that a person is by themselves is really based on Chazal tell us that why is it that why was Adam created by himself? Why was Adam Arishan created by himself? Going back to the very beginning. So it's to teach us that somebody, so first of all, it's to teach us just some really broad halachos or broad, uh, broad hashkafos. Somebody who would kill someone is destroying a universe. Somebody who keeps someone alive is sustaining a universe because a human, the whole universe was worth it for one person. And therefore, every person, and this is what Chazal say, every person is required to say that the world was created for me. Now, well, there are lots of people in this world, but the fact that every single person was created in a unique way, there's a, the, the way Chazal say it is that when uh, you know, a, a mint, a, a coin, somebody who you know, mints coins, they, they create one mold, and then every dime looks the same. Every, every coin is just made exactly the same way. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu made 
one human being, and yet every single person that comes from that mold is absolutely unique and different. Why? Because each person is that, world, is that person for whom the world exists and the world was made. And oh, even though we don't like to think of ourselves, and sometimes we could feel like, maybe it's like egotistical for me to think about myself as being like this being of super significance, but it is, it's the truth. And it's not egotistical. It's actually about, it's, it's a tremendous privilege. And it's a tremendous responsibility that we have, that you're by yourself. So to say that, like, I'm doing something because society does it, I'm doing something because, I don't know, that's just like the communal norm, as opposed to I'm doing something because I thought about it, and this is how I feel like I can, I can con- find connection to Hashem through this. The difference in that thought, the difference that that would create is... Unbelievable. So a person has to see themselves as that individual. They have to see themselves and ask themselves a question. When I stand alone, what am I presenting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Because as an individual, I am super significant. As an individual, I am worthy of an entire universe being created. Like this whole, everyone else can disappear. And I'm the only person here. And that is still worthy of keeping the world around. That's how significant and important I am. So if, if that's the truth, how much of myself am I really engaging, actualizing, making real? That's what Hashem wants to see. Yeah. I see it. So... And this applies to everybody here. As an individual, I'll use myself as an example just because it's easier. Like, I'm a, I, fu- I have different functions. I am, I am somebody different to everybody I know, to each of my children, to my husband, to the cashier, to the, I, I'm, I have a different, fun- I am somebody different. There's so many different parts of me at work. Mm-hmm. But when you're standing before a sham, you're all of those. You're, you're, you stand as a singular. But a singular that's made up of all of these, a very complex singular. A very complex singular. Because you have, you have one role in life as a wife and right. another role in life as a mother. A parent to each child. To each child. As, a, as somebody who walks into, you know, to Trader Joe, right. Shalom's. And, and, and you know what? Sometimes in different stores, oh different gosh, ways of like presenting yourself. Yeah, forget about that, right? Um, and there are so many, there are so many, there, there's such a, a, uh, a diversity of experience that we have in, in our lives. Right. Now, all of that is because we are extremely complex. When we say that a human being is like a mini universe, mm-hmm. it's not a joke. It's, it's a real thing. And all of those sides, of life is about utilizing all of our time here on this earth to actualize as much of that as we can. Because ultimately, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of looking back that people do around this time of year. 
which isn't necessarily, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I'm not saying it's like a bad thing to go and think about, you know, what you did last November and how you, you know, you might've like, uh, you know, you know, I don't know, drove on somebody's lawn and, and, and made a mark. I don't know. Like, you know, thinking about all the bad things that you may have done. It, that is often, um, for, for most regular people, that's often not a super productive thing to do. It's, it's usually not going to be very, um, it's not going to be very comprehensive. It, uh, people who are prone towards um, guilt are going to just lose them, you know, wallow in that. It doesn't m- move a person forward often. At the end of the day, we have to think about ourselves like this, is that we are, we're individuals. We have like this whole, um, all of these different facets of ourselves that lie in mostly in potential state. And that in life, basically, if you're here, there is something for you to continue to do. You're... If we're here, that means we're not done. There's no such thing as a person who's like completed their mission in life and are still here in this world. If we're here in this world, that means that there's still more to do. A Yom HaDin, when when Hashem is looking at us, each as individuals, what he's able to see is he's able to see everything that lies latent within us and what it can become. Looking back at the past, can be helpful in our, like a person can say to themselves, you know something, I know that I have the ability to control my temper. I know that I'm a person that has the ability to really, I I know I can daven really well because I have some spurts of it here and there, but it's, it's not, it's very inconsistent. And I know that that's something that I can bring out more in myself. Now, so you recognize, what you're really doing is you're recognizing a certain potential that is not realized within you. You have to say to yourself, so Hashem wants us in this world because of that. Because of that potential. That can be something. He wants that. So then, looking back allows us to say, okay, so now let me think about my davenings over the last or just, you know, what I could remember last month. Let me think about it. So this day, I was, you know, this day went really well. And then the next day it was like crash and burn. What happened? What happened? Oh, you know what? I really had like, you know, I had this disturbing phone call right before it. And it was just replaying through. And then you can think about, okay, where did things go wrong? Not so much to beat yourself up over it, but to say to yourself, okay, that's where things went wrong. That was kind of, some of that maybe, was my fault. Or that I could have controlled the environment that I was in. I could have controlled my mindset in some ways. Let me think about how I can think, prepare for the future, that that's not going to happen. I'm not going to try to daven in this place where all this is swirling around me. I'm going to, if I know that I have these 10 minutes to daven and the phone starts to ring... 11 minutes before this deadline, I'm not going to pick up the phone so that I have those minutes to daven. A person can then learn from the past about the future. And when we always talk about tshuva, 
which again, it becomes, a lot of times it becomes this word that just causes us all to shut down. But it's all about thinking about, okay, I, I want to become a better person. I want to become a new person. So let me look back, identify something I did wrong, step one. I regret it. Obviously, that's what I'm doing because I'm trying to change it. So I regret it. I'll even like say, man, I can't believe I did X, Y, and Z. That's the vidoy. That's the speaking out. That's what I did wrong. And then there's the Kabbalah. Then there's the, the I'm now accepting upon myself that I'm going to change that. Now, what's it all about? It's not about like, the, it's not about like, you know, it's not a spreadsheet. It's not trying to say that like, and then that way, that demerit, I'm going to get rid of and not have that demerit moving forward. It's a broader picture. It's about you. I'm a person who has this thing that's this part of myself that I have not fully realized. I'm looking back and I'm recognizing that I've, I've, these are the areas that I have not fully been able to get a hold of myself on. And I'm trying to figure out how, what I can take on myself. What can I do for myself to move forward and not have those things hold me back? And, and be able to push a little bit forward in those areas. That's tshuva. That's what Hashem wants to see. So the looking back and the beating oneself up over things that you've done in the past, it's, it's, it's not really about that. It's about, I need to move forward. And a lot of times the way to move forward is to go and analyze, okay, so what happened before? That's where I'm wrong. Okay, what could I, what, what could I have done Obviously, there are factors that are beyond my, you know, beyond my, I can't deal with them. But the thing, what could I have fixed? I could have done this differently. I'll be mindful of that moving forward. And next time, in the future, when it's time to daven, in the future, when it's time to do this mitzvah, in the future, when I have to have a conversation with this person who always pushes that button, I'm going to be aware of this. Yeah. So it's along those lines, but I was talking to a friend yesterday, and we, do, we do this whole looking back, and we, you know, we've done this whole stuff. And we, she found a list from a year ago, and she goes, wow, and we're talking about stuff that all these classes are learning, like, we have the same stuff. So how do you not get caught in that pattern when you're like, I'm looking back, okay, I really should daven better, whatever. And I'm just looking the past few months, I, I told myself I was going to do Shimon Esrei twice a day, and I'm still at that same spot a year later. So how do you not still get caught in that trap when you're trying to move forward and you're like well I'm still like I mean you can pick a different issue you can say okay I'm not going to work on that anymore I can look yes. <laughs> and move forward but I'm saying like you can get like how do you not catch on that trap and say I'm going to move forward because you, so, you said that lot you can say yourself I said that lot so I'm going to move forward I'm still here trying to so I would say that, I would say that I think oh, we could all I, th- I think we could all look at our lives right like you know when you go through the al on Yom Kippur so, the, you know, the list doesn't change. And it hasn't changed for a thousand years. It's the same list. And everybody's still doing the same things wrong. The, the, if, if we would be able to fix whatever, if, if the lists wouldn't ch- would change every year, Mashiach would be, I mean, like, it, it, the world would be over as we know it. We are stuck in a world in which we are generally going to be quite imperfect. That's, that's fine. And, and that Hashem does not want 
perfect people. Hashem did not create perfect people. We are, we are not meant to be perfect. We are meant to be perfecting people. We are people who are trying to perfect ourselves. The idea that I have a list of things that I did wrong, and I'm still messing them up. So first of all, maybe you're messing them up less. Maybe your awareness of the fact that you're messing up and your regret. Two years ago when I used to do this, I didn't even think twice about it. Now at least when I do it, I feel bad afterwards. That's a madrega. That's a level. You, you have like a certain sensitivity towards it. That's different. And you have, you know, Mir Tashem, another 80 years to keep on working and to keep getting closer and closer and closer and closer to the goal of eradicating that thing that you consider an Avera or you consider an imperfect mitzvah. That's, life is just going to be about a lot of push and pull and back and forth and up and down and people can have, people can have years where they feel like they're growing and growing and growing and growing. I mean, if, if we look at, if we think about the tra- trajectory of your average a teenager... Right? I know. Low lane. But like, um, you, but you think about it. So it's like they're learning and growing and learning and hopefully and learning and growing and learning and growing and learning and growing and learning and growing. And then eventually, right, they leave school and people stop shoving information down their throats and they stop teaching them things. And then what happens? And then they, I don't know if they go like this or they, they go, you know, at best, the, the, the trajectory of growth that somebody can have when they are in their year of seminary, their year of yeshiva, is obviously going to be different than real life. So there are years that we're able to grow more, the years that we're able to, people, they go, you know, some people are just, they're able to, you know, Baruch Hashem, Hara, cruise through certain years of their life. And then there are certain years where they have big challenges. Those challenges can sometimes spiritually set a person back. Those challenges can sometimes actually catapult a person spiritually, depending on how they deal with it and what they. Everything is always going to be different, and we're going to process things and take things in at different ways, different times, different points of life. And the idea that the generalist is always going to pretty much be the same: Torah, Tefillah, Mitzvahs, Beinon Mechavero, Chesed. Yeah, it's all going to be. I could have done this. I should have done that. I'm glad I did this. Uh, you know, I, most people, it's funny because, um, was it last week? Last week I, I had a, a group of guys and and just the way they think is that, you know, somebody's like, you know, I, I, am, I am better than I was last year. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, we are better. Like, you know, it's like, it's funny. Like guys are all like, yeah, so... Did you see that? Kick-ups? What? Where all the women are like, oh, do you like my shirt? Oh, I don't like it. I really hate it. Oh, and every time you ask a woman something, she qualifies it by saying she's not. Yes. Oh, I saw that one. And then the guy is just like, I'm a good speaker. No? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that. But it's the equivalent of just like everything's always like, yes, guess what? Like the number of your age is also a little higher. Good. Like you didn't do anything to get it that way. It's just that's what happens. It's like inflation. You know, things are just going to go up, right? It's just right. Not hopefully not right. Hopefully not such a trajectory.
Right? But yeah, there's like, you know, there's spiritual... If you daven for a whole nother year, hopefully you're a little better at it. I don't know. You know? Okay. So if you, you know, if you're trying to learn and you do it for another year, you'll probably be a little better at it. That, yeah. So there's a way of looking at things and saying that like, I'm, I'm doing a little bit better. But as far as looking in, into like specific areas of life and saying, am I really doing better in this? Or have I just like kind of given up on it? Or I'm just like, I'm, I'm just happy to cruise at this altitude where I am right now on, on this, 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 this. Those are the pitfalls that lead us into this, again, the sense of like, you come in front of Hashem and he says, and he wants to know, who are you? Who, like, what are you, what, what, what decisions are you really making right now? What are you putting your thought and feeling and self into right now? That's the question of persons. That's, that's what it means when a person's standing there as an individual. I'm not resting on my laurels of I've put myself. Person comes into, person comes into this community, Baruch Hashem. So there's, just, there's a certain way that people live here. And, and people will generally, you know, there's, there's obviously wiggle, but people will generally be part of things. So if you're part of things, there's a way people dive in, there's a way people learn, there's a speed at which people dive. There's, there's a certain amount of chesed that's, it's just, there's a norm. So obviously a person has to want themselves into that and put themselves into it. But once you're in it, so is it just like, I'm just cruising at this a- altitude because what am I going to do? Back out? Like, I'm, then everyone's going to look at me funny. And then there's the, and a person could be doing the same exact things, but just with a different mindset of, I'm really glad that I'm doing this chesed. I'm really, I, I really appreciate the, the davening that we have over here. I really appreciate the Tehillim group, the this, the that, and all of those things where a person is doing it mindfully, where a person is doing it with, with, on purpose, with purpose. And those are the things that really infuse the, the, these, infuse oneself with the Torah and mitzvahs that they have and that they do. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is looking at. Who are you as you stand before him as an individual? What is it that, that, you, that you are purposefully doing, that you're doing not just with purpose, but on purpose, that I've, this is a decision that I'm making to do right now, and I want this to be who I am and what I am. And that is how we present ourselves to HaKadosh Baruch Hu on Rosh Hashanah. So when we think about, as we approach the Yimei Haden, and with all of the elements of tshuva and tefillah and tzedakah and all those things that we want to do, but what we're really saying to ourselves is, I am coming to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as myself. What am I? Who am I? What am I really presenting to Him? The things that we just do societally, the things that we just do just because... I'm not saying that they don't count, but they're not you. They're not yourself. A person, who, a, a person has a very unique purpose. They, are very, they have a very unique self, and therefore they should be working on actualizing all of that, making sure that the things that they do are real and full of meaning and full of purpose. And when a person's able to do that, then a person is really has themselves to present to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So as they, as they go in front of Hashem 
as individuals, then they're able to, then they're able to really have that sense of I'm now passing by Kaddish Baruch Hu as an individual, and I am me being presented, and that's 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 kind of like a big, it's kind of a a sense of how we are supposed to ready ourselves for the Yemei Hadin. This is what's going on. Something on what Elaine and Sarif were saying before yeah. that you you accomplished, let's say, you know, you set out to in a certain area, and over time and with effort, you, you've accomplished it. That it's no longer such an effort. But and you're still obligated to do it. You're obligated to do it, but is it okay to like pat yourself on the back and say, "Well done." Let's maintain this and work either on doing it better or something else or There's nothing wrong with you know, Hashem makes us that we can't pat ourselves on the back. Right? It's like we can't really physically and we can't kick ourselves either. So neither of those neither of those things are really things that are like yeah, that are like essentially things that that we're like there's no like there's no pat yourself on the back official way of doing that because who could ever say that they're done or that they that they but on the other hand i people grow from seeing success and a person has every right to see themselves as being successful i had a challenge i confronted it and I won. I don't know if I would use the word I won. It's no longer such a huge challenge for me. And I feel like I've moved into, shifted into a different realm, stratosphere. 100% a person can feel that way about themselves. Because that means it's time to start looking for another challenge. And trying to say, okay, where's the next mountain I can climb? Continue doing it well. Continue doing it well. Yeah. 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 Don't say. Yeah. Okay, I could drop that. Right. What else you got? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You never ask for a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. That is the that is absolutely the trick. Yeah. All right. Yeah, sure. Actually, believe it. I said, Hashem, I don't know why this is good, but we'll just get through it. We'll get through it because I know you know what you're doing. Yeah. Right. And sometimes you can look back and find good from that day. Or oh, good my gosh, from... yes. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, it's just not always obvious. Right. And not always easy while you're going through it. Right.